Hello and welcome to Pediapod for February 2020. This month, heavy metal exposure via red blood cell transfusions in preterm infants. Preterm infants regularly need packed red blood cell transfusions. This life-saving therapy can prevent anemia of prematurity and in turn safeguard normal organ function. However, there's a risk that donor blood contains the heavy metals mercury, lead and cadmium, which are known developmental neurotoxicants and may be present in neurotoxic doses. This risk may be compounded by the practice of using dedicated single donor units, which are designed to limit exposure to multiple donors. In order to understand the relationship between the donor concentration, number of transfusions and exposure in preterm infants, Alison Falk, Assistant Professor of Paediatrics at the University of Maryland School of Medicine and her team, measured the metal concentrations in donor-packed red blood cell units and calculated the doses that infants were exposed to during their time in the NICU. The results have implications for pre-screening of donor blood. Our premature babies have a very small blood volume. If you can imagine that one of our extremely premature babies weighs about 1,000 grams, their blood volume is only between 80 and 100 mLs per kilo. So that when we are doing any blood tests, we're taking out a great deal of their blood volume quickly, and that needs to be replaced so that they are not anemic and we um, maintain an adequate oxygen-carrying capacity. So how common is that therapy then in low birth weight infants? I believe it's approximately 90% of babies that are born at less than 1,000 grams need at least one blood transfusion. And many of them need multiple blood transfusions throughout their hospitalization. They're also happening in the first few weeks of life, which coincide with a really, really critical neurodevelopmental period. Exactly. During the third trimester is a time for rapid brain growth and development. And so when babies are born prematurely, let's say anywhere from 23 to 34 weeks, some of that brain growth that would normally happen as a fetus happens in extrauterine life. So any therapy that we provide in the NICU could be either beneficial or harmful to that. What is the concern then with regards to donor blood? So we know that the blood from one single donor is utilized for multiple transfusions in the same baby. And we know that adult blood contains heavy metals such as mercury, lead, and cadmium. All three of those metals are neurotoxic and can be very dangerous for the developing brain. And so if one particular donor has a higher level of any of those metals and a baby receives multiple transfusions from that donor, then there is the possibility for repetitive exposures. And so that's what you and your colleagues wanted to measure in this paper then, the the, the heavy metal doses that infants were getting in the NICU. How do you do that? How, How did you study that? When a baby required a transfusion in the NICU, we were able to obtain a sample of blood from the blood bank from that donor unit. And um, that blood was analyzed for levels of mercury, lead, and cadmium. And so we were able to obtain levels from the donor blood. And then we would know for each transfusion how much volume was transfused to the baby and the weight of the baby. So we were able to calculate the dose of each metal based on the amount of donor blood the infant received, their weight, and the volume of blood we gave to the baby. 
of all of the donor blood that you looked at, how big a problem were heavy metals? Could you see high levels of heavy metals in a large proportion of the samples of the donor blood? So mercury and lead were in every sample that we analyzed, and cadmium was in slightly less than all of the samples at varying levels. Was that surprising? I found that to be surprising, yes, that this random sample from our local population in Maryland contained all three of those heavy metals. Do you think that's unique to Maryland, or is that just what's in the global population? So there have been studies looking at mercury, lead, and cadmium exposures through transfusions in other areas in the U.S., that have also found at least some metal in um, random donor levels. And the CDC does an annual um, survey, and one of the things that they look at in the blood samples that they take are heavy metals such as mercury and lead. And those samples seem to also contain heavy metals. So it is something that we're exposed to and that many people have in their bloodstream. And so what effect did the number of different donors have on the dose that those infants were receiving? So we found that as the number of donors increased, that the number of transfusions that contained higher metal levels also increased. So there was a positive correlation. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't sound like a surprising finding, really, does it? No, it wasn't surprising at all because the smaller babies who were in the hospital longer were exposed to more transfusions and more donors. And so it wouldn't be surprising that since we found metal in all of the samples that their cumulative dose was higher. And do you actually know then how risky those mercury and lead levels were in the infants? One thing that I should explain is that we don't really know what levels of these um, metals are toxic to the developing brain. We know that any amount of lead is potentially toxic, so any exposure um, could be very dangerous. The data that we have is based on oral reference doses that our adults are exposed to. So there are daily reference doses that the US EPA has determined to be safe. And we converted those doses into IV reference doses based on the amount of each metal that is absorbed into the bloodstream um, when taken in orally. But likely a um, much lower level would be dangerous for a premature baby. We just don't, there's no data that tells us what metal levels would be toxic for a premature baby. So our reference doses were exceeded for mercury and lead in 8.6 and 38% of transfusions. That sounds like even a single transfusion has the potential to be dangerous, and that gets worse if there's multiple. Yes, and um, one interesting finding is that one of the donor units had 15 micrograms per liter of mercury, which is the level that's reportable for an unsafe occupational exposure in Maryland. And that same level had a lead concentration of 5 micrograms per deciliter, which is what the CDC considers a a level of concern for a child. So that one unit had very high mercury and lead and was transfused. One baby received several transfusions from that unit. That's really terrifying. I know. This sounds like a real area of unmet need. And um, it sounds like potentially that these packed red blood cell transfusions could be exposing preterm infants to dangerous levels of these heavy metals. Is there a sense of urgency with regards to installing some, some form of screening for donor blood? 
I think it would make sense, but I think it's hard to put these processes in place unless you do have some evidence that looks at what the long-term outcome of these exposures are and to better define what level of exposure is dangerous. One of the authors that is an expert in this area recommended a particular lead level that one should avoid in donor blood, but we don't really have evidence that correlates with that. So it's really more expert opinion as to what would be dangerous with respect to most of the metals. With lead, there is the most literature out there and talks about the fact that any lead exposure is dangerous and should be avoided. Is there a sense in which there has to be a bit of a trade-off because we can't be too choosy with regards to donor blood because it's so valuable and scarce? Yes, I think that donor blood is not something that is always readily available. It certainly relies on the population donating. And so if you were to limit various units, there is the potential that there could be a shortage of this resource for premature babies. So I think that's something one would need to think about when making decisions about pre-screening the blood. That was Alison Folk from the University of Maryland School of Medicine. And that's all we have time for. Please join me again next month for Pediapod's next instalment. I'm Jeff Marsh. Thanks for listening.